0: Thank you for choosing to listen to our sermon podcast. My name is Chris Mitchell. I'm one of the pastors here at First Covenant Church of Anchorage. If you have any questions or prayer requests, feel free to stop by or send an email to office at anchoragefirstcovenant.com. God bless. This is the second part of our series on First Peter, studying the Apostles Peter's letter to encourage us in our discipleship, to help us know, love, and reflect Christ's and his priorities in this world now if you were here last week we went over a little doxology that peter wrote to help shape and form the readers of the church um, some words for the congregation to sing or recite together that reiterate the main points of the letter so throughout the series we're going to start with reading this aloud so if you're able please stand up we're going to read peter 1 1 3 through 5 together praise be to god the father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In his great mercy, he has given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, and into an inheritance that can never perish, spoil, or fade. This inheritance is kept in heaven for you, who through faith are shielded by God's power until the coming of the salvation that is ready to be revealed in the last time. The Word of God for the people of God. so when Alyssa and i first started hanging out in college uh, she started taking me to her parents house on holidays and three-day weekends and i remember the first time the very first time i went over there Um, her parents lived about a five five and a half hour drive from our college and there were several of us um, that were going to some sort of event in seattle so we had to take two cars well after the long drive i was tired and kind of grimy the kind of grimy you get when you've been traveling and sitting in the car for hours. And when we got there, after we unpacked the car, everybody's kind of congregated in the basement. But I hung back because I saw it at the living room. Um, as many of you know, I'm, I'm quite the introvert. And after an hour in the car, after hours in the car with three other people, I, I just needed a little bit of alone time. I went into the living room, stretched out on the couch, just kinda, just kinda vegged out for a while. A few minutes later, Alyssa found me, and she was so upset with me. I guess that was the formal living room. And and she was like, like, I'm not even allowed here. So, she, you know, obviously she was mad that I was there. Because, you know, it was really fancy. The whole room was white. There were white rugs on the floor, and the walls were white, and it was a white couch. And here I was with my feet up, but no shoes on. And, it, and, and, and this grimy road trip body you know kind of halfway to taking a nap on this pristine couch and, and and this room was set apart from the rest of the house it was a special place a, pl- a place that was so special that was only used during very special times or with special honored guests you know so it's not it's not just for anyone uh, we make things uh, special when we give them meaning uh, uh, for my mother-in-law It was her formal living room, um, which for the record, you know, everyone's allowed into nowadays. And, you know, it still looks all the same because, you know, it's never been used, but it's a beautiful place. Um, But anyways, many of us uh, will have something like this at some point in their lives, right? Um, Actually, actually, I have something right here, a wedding band, a metal ring that symbolizes the special unity that I have with my partner, Alyssa. It's a symbol that represents the hopes of unity and solidarity and love. Now, objectively, uh, th- this is just a piece of metal. And, you know, sometimes people might opt to get a, a, one out of silicone or tattoos. But what it represents, it, it's, it's a sign of marital hope and holiness. Hope and holiness. And that's what we're going to be talking about today. Hope. Jesus and Holiness. That's the title for the message. And, and this, it is intentional that Jesus is in the center of that list. Hope, Jesus, Holiness. Because Jesus is the object of our hope. All Christian hope is found in Christ. Jesus is the ultimate fulfillment of hope. So, yeah, all hope points to Jesus. And likewise, we are only holy because of Christ. We are not whole without christ it is only because jesus christ that we are made whole set apart and dedicated to god god is the source of our holiness jesus is the source of our holiness now with that overly long introduction let's read the scripture for today first peter chapter 1 verses 13 through 25 therefore with minds that are alert and fully sober Set your hope on the grace to be brought to you when Jesus Christ is revealed at His coming. As obedient children, do not conform with the evil desires you had when you lived in ignorance, but just as He who called you is holy. Be holy in all that you do. For it is written, Be holy, because I am holy. Since you call on the Father who judges each person's work impartially, live out your time as foreigners here in reverent fear. For you know that it was not with perishable things such as silver or gold that you are redeemed from the empty way of life handed down to you from your ancestors, but with the precious blood of Christ, a lamb without blemish or defect. He was chosen before the creation of the world but was revealed in these last times for your sake. Through him you believed in God who raised them from the dead and glorified them. And so your faith, and hope are in God. Now you have purified yourselves by obeying the truth so that you have sincere love for one for each other. Love one another deeply from the heart, for you have been born again, not by of perishable seed, but of imperishable, through the living and enduring word of God. For all people are like grass, and their glory is like the flowers of the field. The grass withers, the flowers fall, but the word of the Lord endures forever. And this is the word that is preached to you. Uh, now, now I think it would be helpful to define hope, especially Christian hope. Hope is a dream. It's a vision for something better. For, for those that, that follow Christ, that hope is anchored in the knowledge that grace is coming. Grace, which is forgiveness, healing, restoration, resurrection, wholen- wholeness, whole- and holiness. Right? That is 1 Peter 1.13. Therefore, with minds that are fully alert and sober, set your hope on grace to be brought to you when Jesus Christ has revealed his coming. Hope pushes out beyond that and says, because God is in control and is with us, we have possibilities. Things can happen. Hope challenges us to live in accordance to the things we hope for. It challenges us to do the work, to spend time preparing for things that we hope for. We trust in hope, fully-minded and sober, fully sober-minded, fully alert. Not not, not as a passing fancy or interest, but seriously, with dedication. You can have faith and live in negativity. Negativity. Actually I think that's where most of us live. We call ourselves realists and and, and this is kind of me I, I like to live in certainties right i I, I like things I can count on in, in my family. I am the naysayer. We don't have enough money for this or we don't have time for that. I, I see what we have and I make an assessment of what is possible. I make judgments based upon what I can see. Now I totally have faith that God will provide. I know that's true. I have experienced it a thousand times. But when I plan, I often don't look at what God has ahead for me. I don't plan in hopes that God will make a way to do the impossible things that he has called me towards. I plan according to the things that I have at the moment. And more and more, I'm starting to see this as a problem because if my faith is only as far as I can see, do I really have any faith? If we're only doing the things that we're pretty sure we can do, then, what's God's role in all of this? Church, it's time we start living a little more hopefully. It's time we start living like we have a hope. And according to Peter, that hope is that Jesus comes to set things right. Peter tells us to live into this hope, fully or alert and fully sober. Grace is coming, love is coming, the fullness of Christ is just around the corner live into it live into it don't wait don't wait for it get in on the ground floor take a risk because peter says in verse 21 through him you believe in god who raised him from the dead and glorified him and so your faith and hope are in god uh one of the best pieces of pastoral advice that was given um, was from steve holsinger and he, uh, he's retired now, but he used to be the pastor at Faith Christian Community. And he told me the only things worth doing are the things that will fall apart if God isn't the center of it. He to- told me that Christians often learn the wrong lessons when everything seems to go wrong and barely comes together. Too often we say, never again. I'm never putting myself in that sort of situation again. I'm never doing that again. But what we ought to learn is that God is faithful, and we can put our hope in him. He will make things happen. Can you think of times when you push through because of the hope of Christ? For myself, I can think of countless times when things seemed hopeless, but God showed up. I mean, my entire seminary career was like that. I had a good job, but Christ called me to something different. Coming back to Alaska um, after seminary was like that. I had job offers from churches in the lower Forty Eight. But Alyssa and I chose to come back to Alaska, even though we had no job prospects, because this is where God seemed to be leading us. And it took several years for things to work out, but they did. Even if things don't seem like they're going to work out, he is at work. So lean into your hope. Take a risk. Live like you believe that Christ is at work today, today in your life. Now, now I'm not saying that hope is a license to be reckless. Peter says, set your hope with your mind, alert and fully sober. Hope is not saying, just just go crazy. God's going to work out everything just the way we want. It's not that. But hope is dreaming big in response to what God has done and what he said he will do, despite our current circumstance. Hope is risking big, trusting that Christ is faithful. Now, the second thing I want to point out in this passage is the call to holiness. Um, This is 1 Peter 1, 14-60. As obedient children, do not conform to the evil desires you had when you lived in ignorance. But just as he who called you is holy, so be holy in all you do. For it is written, be holy because I am holy. Now, this quote that Peter uses is sometimes repeated often in one particular book of the Old Testament and that's the book of Leviticus and Leviticus is one of my favorite books in the Old Testament but it's not a very popular book a lot of people don't like it because what it contains are most of the laws and regulations for Israel it, it tells them how to live. And I can see, I can see why people don't like it because nobody likes to be told what to do. I mean, the book's a list of rules. And Christians will often say things like, oh, those old Levitical rules, they don't, they don't apply to us. And they're right. The laws in Leviticus were designed to help Israel stand apart from the surrounding cultures, right? Because the word holy means separate and dedicated for a purpose. And the, the laws were designed so that every aspect Of Israel's life would point to God and his saving grace and promises okay they were designed to help Israel stand apart they were good they were good laws right and ideally they helped Israel submit to God so that God could make them holy as a sign to all the people but then Jesus was born and Jesus Jesus was the embodiment of all the hopes of Israel and so when he arrived the law no longer pointed to what was to come because jesus arrived the promise had been fulfilled the messiah had come so keeping the law does not necessarily demonstrate separation and dedication anymore right because it was never the law that kept us holy the law never kept us holy holiness was always bestowed by god What the law did was frame a person's life and frame Israel's society around the things that reflected God and His holiness. You see the difference? Now, it is Jesus that makes things holy. It is Jesus that makes things acceptable to be dedicated to God and holy. And so we're called to be separate, to be different from the world around us. The second part of verse 17 calls us to live out your time as foreigners here in reverent fear. We're called to remember that we do not belong to the world. We do not belong to our country. We do not belong to our jobs. We do not belong to our social circle. We do not belong to this world. We belong to the kingdom of God. We are aliens and strangers, foreigners here, living and working in a place that is not our home, but working to bless it and to redeem it until Christ comes in his fullness to make heaven and earth new, his new eternal kingdom. To be holy is to steep yourself in Christ and his redeeming work, to live into the values of the kingdom, to love mercy, to do justly, to walk humbly, to bring healing, to help the outcasts, to care for the prisoners, to set free the spiritually afflicted, to declare the kingdom of God is near. Being holy is aligning yourself with Jesus in contrast with the world around you. It is repenting and denouncing every other allegiance and clinging to Christ who saves. For you know that it's not with perishable things such as silver or gold that you are redeemed from the empty way of life handed down to you from your ancestors, but with the precious blood of Christ, a lamb without blemish or defect. And I love that Peter calls silver and gold the currencies of of our realm. He calls them perishable things because riches do not satisfy. Um, the actor Jim Carrey once in a graduation speech said, I think everybody should get rich and famous and do everything they ever dreamed of so they can see that that is not the answer. Right? There's some wisdom in those words because there's nothing in this world that can satisfy. We carry dissatisfaction in our bones. We are all sick. We are all lonely. We are all heartbroken. We are all thirsty and hungry and lost. And if you say, not me, I'm good. Well, just wait, it's coming. It's, this is all just part of being human. This is part of life this side of eternity. Church, people, sisters and brothers, It is hard to swim against the culture. We're discipled by the culture every day of our lives. It tells us what it's okay to wear, what is okay to eat, how much should we work, what should we look like, what should we not look like, what should we buy, what are the things we should care about, what are the threats we face, what makes a person valuable, what makes a person special. The culture that surrounds us has discipled us so completely that we don't even question most of what we think and do. But Peter reminds us that we no longer fully belong here. We are called to be holy, dedicated to Jesus Christ and his purposes. That is our hope. That is our life. That is our source of holiness. So we need to stop periodically and check ourselves. Uh, One thing I recommend is using the prayer of examine. It's a five-step prayer that, that you can do at the end of the day to help evaluate your actions and god's will so i'm just gonna go through it really quick number one first place yourself in god's presence give thanks to god's great love for you step two pray for the grace to understand how god is acting in your life step three review your day you know think through your day recall specific moments um, and, and your feelings at that time step four Reflect on what you did, said, or thought in those instances, right? And in those instances, were you drawing closer to God or further away? And step five, look towards tomorrow, right? Think about those things and then look towards tomorrow and think how you might live more fully into God's love and priorities, right? If there was something that you did that moved you closer to God, do more of that. If there's something that drove you away, like, resolve, like, I'm not going to do that. Um. So, and you know, and, and I would even add a, sec, a sixth step, right? The next morning, reflect upon your prayers the night before so that you can commit yourself to love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and body, and to love your neighbor as yourself. Now, um, you, obviously, you don't have to use this prayer. You don't have to use the prayer of examine. That's just a tool. Um, it's just a tool that you can use to help make sure that your life reflects God's holiness. Um, I remember uh, when I was a teenager, teenager reading uh, reading some, something by A.W. Tozer, um, an early 20th century pastor, and I don't remember which book it was, and I haven't had any luck trying to find the source because I actually went back and tried to look. But, but the, this... Um, this this paraphrase, I guess, or idea has stayed with me for almost 30 years uh, from his book. Um, he was writing about how a person discerns what they should do. And he meant, meant this generically, like what should you do with your time? What should you do with your life? What should you do with your money? What should you do with your energy? And he said, for a Christian, this is the easiest thing to answer. Okay, you want to know the secret? You do what brings you closer to Christ because that is where there is life simple right well it's really hard but the idea is simple that's what we need to do people do what draws you closer to Christ he is the fulfillment of all of your hopes do what draws you closer to Christ he is your source of holiness and wholeness church we all need to learn to hope in Christ to live into his holiness Because it is is for us, right? That's what this whole thing is about. It is offered freely as a gift. And so we hope in Christ, right? Because of all that Christ has done. And and we strive to be holy, right? Because that's an outpouring of, of who God is, who Christ is in our relationship with him. Let's pray Lord Jesus I confess I don't always love you as I should That your priorities Are all too often Take the the back seat To my own Lord I confess that, um, that That sometimes I'm scared That I don't trust you lord help me give me strength remind me of your faithfulness lord because you are good you've always been faithful so teach me to trust but you've already shown me to be your character teach us how to submit to you to trust in you to hope in you god and lord help us to stand firm in face of temptation Lord, in, in, in face of the just the lure and the 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 rut the patterns of our life, Lord, that lead us away from you. Lord, teach us how to stand apart and how to, to keep ourselves separate from this world, to live in holiness, Lord, in holy submission to you. Teach us how to keep ourselves pure. Teach us how to turn to you. Lord, we know we cannot do this on our own. And so we ask you to show us the way. In Christ's name, amen.